Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh... Not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter at UndercoverGreg. As we have a college basketball edition today, which means we bring on Lucha Larry. You know him on gambling Twitter. Find his picks at Larry's Locks, too. I know him as Bill Christie. A big college basketball Saturday just before Christmas. Bill, always good to have you aboard again. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, doing good. Sweating out this uh, Oregon-USC final here. I'm heavy on the spread, and I think I mentioned, you know, I'm sprinkled a little bit on the money line here so hoping that pans out well for me and then yeah excited for tomorrow we got some big name programs uh gonna be doing battle it's gonna feel i think you know again minus the crowds i think it's gonna feel like that first like real saturday where you know we get to see a ton of really good programs in action i think we're gonna learn a lot about the i would say top you know maybe 25 or so teams Uh, a lot of them gonna be getting tested this weekend and i'm looking forward to it yeah, I mean, gosh, it's 
it feels good to be at this point in the sports calendar where tomorrow we have key non-conference games all over the map in college basketball, conference championship Saturday in college football, and we even get a few NFL games tomorrow, and the NBA season is right around the corner. Today, the NHL and the NHLPA agreed to have a 56-game season starting in the middle of January. It just feels good to start getting not just football back, but all sports back with live action. Yeah, absolutely. I've been dying for it. So hopefully we'll get fans out there pretty soon as well and make it a little more uh, more meaningful, so to speak. Yeah, and that's kind of the next step here. And hopefully uh, the country continues to kind of come out of COVID and everybody starts to the vaccine starts to get spread. But uh, we're a college basketball podcast, so let's talk some college hoops as we're going to jump right in. There are plenty of big games to discuss and we're going to actually start with a game, a lot of neutral site games here. And we're going to start with, uh, we're not going to waste anybody's time here. If you want the first game of the day uh, or the biggest game of the day, well, if you're on the East Coast, it's at 11 a.m. So maybe you wake up and cook some breakfast and get rolling with Iowa and Gonzaga, uh, as that is the opening, uh, really the big game in that early window. There's a lot of nice games, though, throughout the day um, in state rivalry with Indiana and Butler also going on early on in the morning hours. But, uh, Bill, let's talk about it. Gonzaga, four-and-a-half-point favorite on a neutral court. Total in this game of 170-and-a-half. I'm going to play the total here, but you like the side. I'm going to let you get started here with the side. What are you looking at? So I know I told you I was probably going to be taking the points here, but the more I looked at it tonight, the more I, I lean towards the Gonzaga side laying the, laying the points here. Um, I know Gonzaga hasn't played in a while. They've all been in the uh, COVID protocol. I, I just can't get away from the fact that while Gonzaga is, you know, one of the best offensive teams in the country, people fail to realize they're also one of the best defensive teams as well. I mean, I think they ranked right. 15th in uh, defensive efficiency. So, like, I, I – I, I want to take Iowa because the points seem tempting, but at the same time, it always makes me think that there's a reason why that line, you know, has been growing as the day has gone on. Um, and I might want to grab it soon before it gets any higher than it is. And then we look at the total too. Uh, the total is insane. I don't know the last time I've, seen I've never seen a college basketball total this high at 170. Yeah, I, I know where you're going and I, and I think I, I'm going to be leaning towards the same thing that you're thinking about. Um, because that total just seems as, as, as efficient as both these offenses can be, um, being one and two in the, in the country, as far as adjusted efficiency, I, I, that's a lot of points to be putting up again, especially with a program like Gonzaga, who's been in the COVID protocol. And then Iowa, this is going to be the biggest test of the season for them, you know? So I can't imagine them and Gonzaga both coming out super, super hyped up and able to you know, run their normal offenses. If anything, I think they're going to be a little bit tight while they're getting started here. Well, I'll give you a moment to celebrate your, uh, oh, no, did they call it a, a down by contact? Gosh, it looked like Oregon had it locked up. 15 seconds left here as we record during the Pac-12 title game, Oregon up seven. But, you know, Bill, I want to ask you something before I get into my play on this game. One thing that I've noticed kind of across the board, just in handicapping sports, when we see teams like this, where it's like two top five teams or two top 10 teams, like tomorrow in college football in the ACC game, we have a big line between Notre Dame and Clemson. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's when 
the dog can just feel so trappy. And maybe this is an example of that because I know that Iowa's playing the number one team in the country, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that just say, oh, well, how many times am I ever going to be able to get Iowa plus right. half? Right, exactly. And that's again, goes back to what I was just talking about with, you know, it seems so tempting to take those couple of points with Iowa because when you look at the game, you can go, yeah, I can totally see Iowa getting a W here, right? They can win the game, you know, so you're going to give me points on top of it. No matter what happens, again, right now, again, earlier I was leaning towards Iowa. Now I'm leaning a little more towards Gonzaga. At the end of the day, I'm not going to be putting a max play out in this game you know it's just there's just not a reason to it's going to be an enjoyable game as it is um so i'm probably going to go one at the most i'll probably go a two unit play and again right now i lean iowa come tomorrow morning i don't know how i'm going to feel about it but uh (laughs) but as of 11 48 p.m on the east coast here where i'm at uh i am leading towards gonzaga and laying the points one thing that i'll mention too before i get to my pick Interesting kind of spot here for Iowa, or excuse me, for Gonzaga, because we've talked about how they are really testing themselves in the non-conference. They beat West Virginia, they beat Kansas, and I don't, and they're going to play the defending national champions, if we can still call them that, Virginia next Saturday before they get into the WCC schedule. So they're really going out, and I guess we still don't know if that Baylor game is going to get made up. But I thought I, I thought I did hear that they were setting a date for that. I think they are going to make that up. Okay, but we don't know when yet. No, I don't think we know when yet. Correct. Okay, but you you could certainly make the argument that this that this is their biggest test non-conference, and uh, you know, I, so if you're asking me like who does this game mean more for, it's got to be Gonzaga, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no other way to go. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I suppose on one hand you could look at it and say, well, this isn't like a Gonzaga years past where maybe this is their only game non-conference. Therefore, it's kind of like their only test out of the league. So, yeah, I can understand your hesitation. But that was my first thought when I see these two teams on the schedule thinking, oh, well, it's the middle of December. We're getting close to conference play. Probably the last time. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming that UVA game is going to be nationally televised as well next week. But uh, as far as visibility across the country, this could be the last time people watch Gonzaga until March. So I, sometimes I like to think about that stuff with college basketball in the non-conference. No, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. and It does make sense. Absolutely. So I'm going to look to the first half and play it under. Um, Bill, you mentioned it. Gonzaga hasn't played a game in two and a half weeks. And I think that could lend itself towards some rust. Their last game, they've only played three. They're three and oh and two and one against the spread. Uh, their last game was back on December the 2nd against West Virginia, another neutral court game. They won by five, 87-82. So I just think naturally now you could certainly make the argument that, uh, you know, Jalen Suggs had that injury scare in that game against West Virginia. So he's had plenty of time to recuperate. Um, having said that, though, um, I just think for a you know, oftentimes we talk about offensive juggernauts and it's all kind of you watch some of these teams and it's just it looks effortless. Right. And I think especially I was watching Iowa against Carolina, like they were getting Wieskamp and all the other shooters, just open look after open look, moving the ball really well. I think a lot of that just comes with being in your routine and playing, you know, two games a week and practicing every day. I don't know what 
things have been like for Gonzaga the last few weeks, right? So I think there could be a little bit of a feeling out here to start the game for Gonzaga. And obviously it's a team that likes to play really fast and try and get out and transition, you know, so I just don't know if they're going to be able to waltz right into a game after two and a half weeks and start running up and down the floor again. And then for the Iowa side of things, as you mentioned, this is the a, a, an underrated defensive team in Gonzaga because we're talking so much about these two teams and how well they can score. But this could be the best defensive team that Iowa plays all season. Yeah. So yeah, are, they, are they really just going to be able to swing the ball around and is Garza just going to drop 35-40? It, it, it doesn't feel like it's going to be that easy. Maybe by the end of the game – Things are ramping up, and as I said, the rust maybe wears off a little for Gonzaga. Bear in mind, this is also this game is being played in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, so this is going to be an 11 a.m. local start. We talk a lot about that sometimes with the college football and the 12 noon games, and in the NFL, the you know West Coast teams playing on the East Coast at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Like maybe there's some rust, and and just you know guys are still kind of getting their feet wet early on in the game too. I think that we're going to get a good enough number here on the first half total to where even if it is a decent offensive half, it could still land under. So that's where I'll be on this game. All right. Yeah. Again, like I mentioned before, I think I think that you're going to be on the right side of that one. This this seems super inflated and it being the number one, and number two team uh, as far as offensive efficiency, it makes sense why the total would be high. But again, 170 just seems like way, oh, and way that's too the much. thing, too. Like, let's just talk about that for a minute. Like. I know that there are these stigmas about conferences and different teams and how they play in college. And this goes for football, too. You know, we just finished watching the Big 12 or the Pac-12 title game. You know, the Pac-12 in years past and the Big 12, oftentimes there's this like stigma of nobody plays defense. But if we know that as fans, then obviously the people send these numbers do. So I don't think that this is just as simple as, oh, Number one team in offensive efficiency, number two team in efficiency over. I don't even need to watch the game. I just want to make that point. No, I, I agree with you. I'm looking real quick at, at, at you know, I use the Action Network uh, a lot. And again, there's not that many tickets yet on this game. However, it does see I am seeing 71 percent of the public on the over and yeah. I'm seeing I'm seeing the number actually drop a bit. So, again, that that would make me very weary of that number being in, a little bit too inflated. So, yeah, best of luck on that first half. I don't know if I'll be playing anything with the total, but if I do, it will likely be on the under. Let's move forward. And go to uh, Cleveland, where we have a neutral site game, the CBS Sports Classic. Nice doubleheader here. The front end of the doubleheader features a couple of Blue Blood programs. The North Carolina Tar Heels are a short three-and-a-half-point neutral site favorite against the Kentucky Wildcats, a total in this game of 140. Uh, Bill, I'll let you lead us off. Uh, We both like opposite sides here you're going to make a case for the Tar Heels yeah and then the main case that I have is I feel like there's a little going to be a little bit of recency bias with um with Kentucky only saying that and again they took a loss last game so it's hard to say that however that whole second half 
against Notre Dame, Kentucky looked like the Kentucky team that everybody expected. They outscored Notre Dame 37-16 to in the second half. They were a jump shot away from finishing them off and getting the W. Honestly, if they, they would have shot the ball, ball yeah, if they would have shot the ball a half second earlier, they would have gotten that tip in to win the game too. So that Kentucky team, I feel like people that watched that game are going to feel like, oh, okay, Kentucky's that team. They've got it back together. They're going to go in and they're going to be able to knock off this Carolina team. And I really just don't, I don't see it. Um, I, I'm not buying anything in Kentucky at all. Uh, I think I mentioned before the season started, I wasn't too, too high on them. Um, but the fact that Carolina is that up and coming team that I believe is going to be taking the next step um, within the ACC. Now, granted, they have two losses, but they're two losses to some really good programs to Iowa, who we were just talking about. And then to a very, very strong Texas team that we have mentioned on numerous podcasts already. Um, the great job that shock is doing with them. Um, and the main thing that those two teams have, in my opinion, Texas more so than Iowa, but they, they're a better defensive team where, you know, I don't see Kentucky as being a great defensive team. I think they're they're decent, but they're not up to the caliber of a Texas um, and Carolina just being as big as they are. I think they're going to be able to dominate the uh, the glass. They are what fourth I'm seeing in offensive rebound efficiency percentage, uh, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, so again, they're Carolina's kind of that team where their best offense is just a missed shot. It seems like, and they let their bigs go up there, crash the boards and, and finish it inside on the second chances. So if there's a way that Kentucky can really, really uh, regulate the glass here and keep North Carolina off of it. Yes. Kentucky can have a shot. I just, I think they're still, trying to mesh. They're a young team. I don't like Kentucky in this spot. I know you do, and you're going to give us our reasons for it, um, but I'm going to be wrong with the Tar Heels here on this one. Yeah, and I'm going to be on the other side and take a stab at the Wildcats plus the short number. Um, I, I, I will be honest, and yeah, maybe it is a little square, but that second half against Notre Dame does stick out to me as a uh, as a kind of key handicapping factor for me coming in here because Notre Dame, or excuse me, Kentucky is the kind of team every year, right? We see Cal with all this turnover and bring in new freshmen and it doesn't always mesh and gel right away. Like it's not always the, the town's Devin Booker team that mm -hmm. just kicks everybody's ass right out of the gate. But I think in time, and, and I'm not a huge Cal guy, but I think in time, and I do give him credit for as the season goes on, he seems to figure out the best versions of his teams. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to actually the year before that Towns Booker team when uh, Julius Randle was the key freshman and, and James Young was there. That team was out of the top 25 in January and went into the tournament as an eight seed and ended up getting all the way to the national championship game. So I, I know that this is still early in the season, so it's not the best comparison, but I do think that that second half was a sign that you're starting to see. I think Kentucky's coming into this game with confidence, uh, just knowing that their kids have started to figure it out. And Hey, listen, they have, have played five games now. So I think that is at least that says something about the gelling and the chemistry, maybe starting to come together. Uh, and also, like, I know they haven't been great. Like, Kentucky, they've actually been pretty bad. They're one in four. But yeah. let's look at some of these losses, right? We just talked about Notre Dame, and we're going to get more into Notre Dame later. But Notre Dame kind of looking like a little bit of a sleeper in the ACC where, you know, that Duke played pretty well against them on Tuesday night. But uh, Notre Dame 
I think maybe a little under the radar. So, you know, I wouldn't look at that as, oh, how dare you lose to Notre Dame. The Georgia Tech loss for Kentucky is obviously pretty bad. They covered a short number in a loss against Kansas. They lose by three to them. They lost to Richmond by double digits, but Richmond's looking like a pretty legit team. Like, that's one of the better teams in the Atlantic 10. So, I don't know. Like, I think people might look at that one and four and think, uh, you know, it's not the normal what's going on with Kentucky. But as I said, I do think that second half was a sign against Notre Dame that they're uh, kind of coming in with confidence, looking for a breakthrough. Um, and I mentioned Notre Dame. I'll go back to them and we'll talk more about them in a minute. But uh, they covered against Ohio State, lost by 10 against Duke, and they lost by 10 against Michigan State. So, Notre Dame's been playing pretty competitively with some good teams, so I don't look too much into that loss either and talked about Richmond. Um, and then North Carolina. Like, 0-3-1 against the spread the last four. Three of those games were against Iowa, Texas, and Stanford. So what that tells me is they're not getting up for bigger opponents, and if they're or even if they are, they're just not as good as some of these other teams. So I disagree with them being – or well. I don't maybe I shouldn't say disagree with them being favored, but mm-hmm. I think they've been playing kind of just middle of the road, right? They're closer toward they're in danger of dipping out of the top 25. Uh, you mentioned the fr- front court edge, and there's no doubt that they have that. Garrison Brooks is a monster, um, but I think Kentucky's got a real nice backcourt edge here with Brandon Boston Jr. and Terrence Clark. And I know it's December, but we always talk about guards in college basketball being so pivotal. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the only other game. And you could argue maybe a look ahead for Carolina to this game against Kentucky. But the only other game in those four where they went 0-3-1 against the spread was North Carolina Central. They only won by six. So, you know, I don't like the recent form here for Carolina. And as I said, I do like that second half for Kentucky being a confidence builder. One last thing, Carolina collectively as a team, and this also speaks to their backcourt being a little bit of a problem, 27% from the three-point line. And Kentucky's 23rd in the Ken Palm and defensive defensive efficiency still. So I think you, you could be looking at a, a Carolina team that struggles to score here and they're favored. I, I don't think so. I'll take Kentucky. Anything best else luck, on dude. your end here? I got, I got nothing. I know I'll say is best of <laughs> luck. So we'll see what happens when we get back on here. Hey, somebody's going to win. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is very true. Let's move forward and go to, as I said, we're going to talk a little bit, of about the Notre Dame fighting Irish in an in-state game against the Purdue Boilermakers. Uh, Purdue is a six-point road favorite in this game, total of 139.5. I had Purdue as a max play on Tuesday night against, I think it was Tuesday, against Ohio State. Um, The big kid, Travion Williams, looked great. I was really impressed with how he was passing the ball uh, in that game against Ohio State. And, And Notre Dame, as I mentioned, outclassed. For sure, against Duke, it was 10-point score, but 10-point uh, final score. But Duke certainly looked like the better team, and that was a Duke team without Jalen Johnson. Uh, so was it Notre Dame coming back down to earth, or was it Duke finally starting to figure it out? I kind of think more of the latter. Uh, but, Bill, I know you like the Irish here, uh, and I think I'm going to be joining on it. I just want to hear your handicap. Yeah, look, I look, I look at this number. Uh, I'm seeing 6.5. I'm seeing 7 of some other shops. Um and the fact that they're two and three doesn't really, you know, discourage me at all. We just talked about two of the games that uh, they took losses in, and they're being very competitive in them. Uh, I like what I've seen from them as far as their outside shooting, uh, and I just don't think 
Purdue is going to be able – look, Purdue can definitely get this win. I just don't see Purdue as being a team that's going to be able to pull away and win, like, by double digits or anything like that in this game. So that doesn't that doesn't worry me uh, much at all. So I'm going to be taking Notre Dame with the points. Uh, I, I expect them to keep it tight. I, I don't – I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sprinkle anything here on the money line. Sure. Um, however, it, I, I wouldn't be shocked either if if Notre Dame is able to pull this pull this one out. I just think people are gonna be looking at this game as you know a two and three team uh, going against going up against a Purdue team who's coming off a really really nice uh, win in their last outing. Again, like you mentioned against Ohio State. Um, so I think there's going to be some people that are going to want to really back Purdue here just because of that last game against the, against the Buckeyes. And, and I, I, I don't think it's going to matter. I think Notre Dame in this game is going to stay super competitive with them uh, and keep it tight and stay within in, in that number of six and a half or seven. So I'll be playing the Fighting Irish, and I'm curious to hear what you have to say uh, about this play as well. Yeah, no, I, I'm probably going to ride it with you. I think that, as I said, Notre Dame could be a little bit of a sleeper in the ACC. Curious to see how they do as the conference schedule wears on. Uh, but obviously, uh, Notre Dame, as I said, they've already played a Big Ten team in Ohio State, a six-point underdog in that game. Uh, talked about the game against Kentucky. And, and let's give them credit, right? As much as we want to maybe look at Kentucky being a little flat, they went into Rupp Arena and just took it to them in that first half. And it was certainly a tale of two halves, but they were able to hang on. And let's also look at Purdue here. Last year was a down year for them. They went 16 and 15. They would not have been in the NCAA tournament if it happened. Uh, and I do think there's reasons for optimism in West Lafayette. Uh, certainly off to a nice start, five and two. We talked about that victory over Ohio State. And hey, Purdue plays in the Big Ten, so they're certainly going to get tested enough. Oh, by the way, guess who's up next for Purdue? A little bit of a look ahead spot here they go to Iowa City guys on Tuesday night in their of the season sandwich spot here also makes me think that Notre Dame is the play as a live dog uh by the way another in, another neutral court game they're calling this I kind of like this the the crossroads classic with Notre Dame playing uh, of course residing in South Bend Indiana Purdue and West Lafayette and they're meeting at in the middle at Indianapolis uh so uh just a little fun nugget there another nationally televised game uh, no, but I'm with you. As I said, a little bit of a sandwich spot here for Purdue, even though it is an in-state rivalry. Obviously, uh, Ohio State and Iowa, much bigger games for obvious reasons for the Boilermakers. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I had forgotten about that. That was another part of my notes was Purdue with a little bit of a look-ahead spot here to Iowa. And they're part of Notre Dame. I mentioned they can shoot from outside. They're 13th and. and three-point percentage with 41.8% from, from deep. So and even by the way, if – go ahead. That's a good point because especially taking the dog, you never know when you're going to have, you know, an eight point game and, and they're dribbling out the clock and you get an open three. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's that's what I'm leaning towards, too. It's like even if they're down by 10, 12 points towards the end of the game, they have guys in there that can knock down these shots to get it tighter. Um, and they also shoot really well from the free throw line. We've talked about that before. You know, a team in Notre Dame, they shoot over 80 percent from from the from the stripe. So if they're getting there. You know, if they need a bucket towards the end and Purdue commits the fouls, Notre Dame's going to be in there and knocking them down. So I feel very comfortable playing the number here. Like I said, I doubt I'll be playing the money line at all, but I really feel comfortable inside that seven, six and a half number. Let's move forward and go to one of the lesser games on the schedule, but with one of the bigger teams in the country. Uh, as Bill is going to take us to um, a Big 12 game where we're seeing Baylor 
on the road in Manhattan, Kansas. I'm seeing 17 as the number posted right now on Bet Online, total of 135. Um, you know, Bill, I'm not on this game, so I don't know. Is this the Big 12 opener for Baylor? I believe so. I'm trying to pull up all my stuff here. I can't find it. Um, I believe so. Kansas State is is a team that, oddly enough, sort of intrigues me. <laughs> they have they have played in uh, some games where they've looked absolutely abysmal, and then they've played in games where you thought they were going to get blown out, and they were able to kind of get the job done and at least cover the spread. Um, but it, in this game, uh, okay, Baylor is – a legit contender for the national title this season um, where Kansas state obviously is, is definitely not um, Kansas state. I, I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Baylor and their scoring prowess. So I, I see Baylor coming into this game and really, really getting up and down the floor. I know they play a pretty good tempo. Um, we've talked about their backcourt plenty of times in the past. Uh, I just don't see Kansas state as being a team that's going to be able to keep up with them whatsoever um and then we've talked about before how these teams that really look good offensively defensively it kind of gets lost i mean baylor's defensively they're a top 10 defense in the country you know so you couple that with the fact that they're a top five really top three offensive team i just don't see kansas state having the having the horses to run with these guys kansas state you flip the coin here kansas state's like 130 something in a in defensive efficiency and like 150 something in offensive efficiency. So when you look at it like that, from that standpoint, I just don't see them as a team that's going to be able to grant. It's a high, high number, but I see Baylor winning this by 20 plus easily. And I've talked again about the free throw percentage piece, uh, especially when you're taking a dog, they don't even shoot 70%. Granted, it's just outside of 70% in Kansas state. But if you're going to be a team who's going to be dogs in a lot of these games and you're you're playing the dog. You have to have a team that's going to be able to knock down free throws come late in the game. And they're just a team that really doesn't do that that well. Um, or shoot the three well. I mean, they shoot sub 35% from deep. Again, I just see Baylor really kind of waxing the floor with these guys. Um, and again, winning by 20 plus easy in my mind. Yeah, and I, I'm not on this game. But again, it's something that I remember you mentioning it, the the free throw shooting with the dogs. And uh, I Hopefully we do this pot enough. I just remembers to look at that more because I, I really like that uh, just because so often in, in any sport when you when we're talking about teams and this goes beyond handicapping like you'll just hear the announcers bring it up when an underdog's got a chance and they'll kind of pin it back to a missed opportunity or you know leaving runners on base in baseball or yeah. you know turning the ball over in football and in basketball it's free throw shooting like if you you're gonna be aggressive and get to the line and try and get the other team in foul trouble, you better capitalize and make your free throws. And if you're not, that can be demoralizing for an underdog, especially one this large against Kansas State, so uh, against Baylor. So I think that's a really smart angle to look at the free throw shooting. Remember, talking about teenage kids, 20-year-old kids. So uh, if the free throws aren't dropping, then it could get ugly pretty quickly for the Wildcats of Kansas State. Let's take a break. And we'll come back and we'll get to three more games, a couple more consensus plays uh, to wrap up our podcast on the other side. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. 
You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the right person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria, and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the United States are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear that Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December the 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast, college basketball edition of the pod today as we record late Friday night, getting you set for all the action on the College Hardwood on Saturday. What should be a pretty fun sports Saturday We've talked about some of the big college basketball matchups, college football conference championships ongoing tomorrow. The NFL is in action. My name is Greg Frank. Find me and all my picks for all the action at Undercover Greg, joined by Lucha Larry at Larry's Locks 2 for all of his picks. Bill, before we get into the rest of the college basketball, let me just ask you, uh, anything you're looking at tomorrow on the college gridiron or in either, either of the NFL games? Uh, I really haven't taken a look too much at the NFL, uh, a little bit on the college gridiron. I've been, you know, going back and forth on some of these games. Nothing that I have as far as an official play yet. Um, as I said, we were talking earlier, I had I had the Oregon game. I was paying attention to that. Uh, but there was one thing that kind of stuck out to me about uh, games going on tomorrow, and that one was the uh, Oklahoma-Iowa State game. I'm probably going to be playing Oklahoma and laying the points in that one. Yeah, I think people are really, people I think are really really high on this Iowa State team, and for good reason. They've been playing really good football. Um, but I feel like Oklahoma is going to be the team that's going to really really want to make a statement in this championship game. Um, look, they're seven and two. Uh, Iowa State's eight and two, but I really think Oklahoma is going to be not that they're going to blow them out, but I think they're going to handle them and keep them at uh, arm's distance throughout this game. Yeah, and a revenge angle, too, of course. Exactly. Oklahoma lost to Iowa State in the regular season. I'll be on that one as well. I'm also kind of liking Florida getting all those points against Alabama. I think that's kind of a an overreaction after that Florida loss to LSU. Um, so I'll gladly take Kyle Trask and getting two touchdowns and a field goal. I got it at 17. So um, I think that's a good 
look in the SEC game. I'd like to see it be competitive, too. It's a night game. Uh, Green Bay and Carolina is the NFL game at night. We'll see if that can be competitive. Uh, but I, I do think Florida getting all those points is worth a look in college football as well tomorrow. And as I said, I'll be joining you uh, taking Oklahoma minus the five and a half. Let's move get back to the college gridiron, though. Uh, and or excuse me, the college hardwood, uh, where we have a rescheduled game from the ACC Big Ten Challenge taking place tomorrow in Madison. This also part of the early window of games in college basketball. They tip off at uh, 12 noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central in Madison, where we're seeing the Wisconsin Badgers laying five and the hook total of 131 and a half in this game. Uh, and, Bill, I'm going to be looking to the home chalk here. I'm probably going to stack Wisconsin and play him for a unit in the first half as well for the full game. Much like we mentioned with Gonzaga having that long layoff, ditto for Louisville. The Cardinals have not played since December the 1st, so going on three weeks since Louisville has played a game. Uh, and this is the biggest non-conference game of the season for Wisconsin. So again, I'm going back to that angle that I kind of mentioned with Gonzaga. Uh, not obviously Wisconsin plays in the Big Ten, so they're going to get plenty of chances to prove themselves in league play. But I kind of always like to look to teams that have a chance to kind of send a message and look at what all the other Big Ten teams have done non-conference. We've seen Illinois go to Cameron Indoor Stadium and beat Duke. We've seen North Carolina really get it handed to them by Iowa uh, and Michigan State. Is six and zero. Oh, I can't think of a, off the top of my head a big. Oh, oh they beat Duke as well. Um, mm-hmm. So now Wisconsin gets a chance in the non-conference against the ranked opponent in Louisville. I think you're going to get max effort here from Wisconsin because I think that the Badgers and we know about Wisconsin. They're always good in the front court. Nate Reavers uh, is a stud. Brad Davison been through the ringer for them. I just think that I think this is kind of an underrated Badger team in a way because while they did lose to Marquette. Uh, again, right now, the conversation in the Big Ten is Michigan State, Iowa, Illinois. I, I, I'll be very curious to see how Wisconsin does when they play those teams in the Big Ten, because I don't think they're that far off at all. Uh, and by the way, Louisville still has, speaking of kind of big out-of-conference games, Louisville still has that in-state rivalry with Kentucky before they get into the nitty-gritty of the ACC. So I just think it's a great chance for Wisconsin to make a statement. And we're getting uh, we're getting... Louisville off close to three weeks rest. Uh, Badgers are the only way I can look here. First half and full game for me. Yeah, I like that first half play. I'm not on that yet, but I, I'm contemplating it now as listening to you speak about it. Um, and I'm on Wisconsin for, for mainly the same reasons that you are. Louisville being a team that's that's hasn't really done anything in a few weeks. Um, both of these teams are very good and efficient on offense. Uh, however, and as good as Louisville can be on defense, Wisconsin is that much better. I mean, and and the fact that Louisville's coming off this long stretch of not playing, it'd be one thing if they were going against an opponent who, you know, maybe not a top-level team like Wisconsin. But not only that, but Wisconsin is one of the, if not the most disciplined teams in the country. They are right. year after earn it year after. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of the times, and this could just be like perception, that Louisville, a lot of their stuff offensively happens from the defensive end. They create turnovers, they get you out of rhythm, and then they're able to score offensively out of that. Where this Wisconsin team, they're not going to do that. I mean, they're number two in the country in turnover percentage, uh, only averaging 11.5 a game. I I just don't see Louisville being 
able to do what they want to do to Wisconsin, and that would be speed this game up, get them out of rhythm. Um, because again, Wisconsin's going to be a disciplined team. They're going to run their sets. They're going to be they're going to be smart defensively. Um, and again, Louisville coming off this long, long break, I don't see that being good for them at all. If anything, it's going to hurt them. So yeah, I'm going to be playing Wisconsin. I'm going to be laying the points. Uh, I'm leaning a little bit now after hearing you talk about playing that first half. And I, that you mentioned Brad Davidson. This is his. I'm looking at it now. He is a 12th year senior. Is that <laughs> is that correct? He's another one of those guys, right? Like the we always talk about Perry Ellis. He's the one that jumps out to you, but he's another guy that you. I feel like he's been there like forever, just like biting people's ankles every time there's a loose ball. And and I feel like he's also and mark these words. If it comes down to it, because again, I love talking about the free throw line. If it comes down to it, where they need to knock down free throws, Wisconsin's gonna do it, right? Like like oh, this yeah. is a team where. I, I can't tell you how many times in the past I've, I've bet against Wisconsin and, you know, being right there at the number. I'm like, all right, just miss a free throw here and, and I'm going to be fine. Every time one of their guys steps to the line, it's like, why am I even watching this? I know he's going to knock down both of them. It's so frustrating. Mark my words. Brad, if it is a tight game and you need a bucket or two as far as free throws come, Brad Davis is going to be the guy. He's going to be on the line. He's going to be knocking down the free throw and you're not going to worry about anything you know, maybe the off chance of Louisville hitting a backdoor long distance three or something right. like that. But if you need the free throws, Brad Davison's your guy. He's going to be getting the job done for us tomorrow. Yeah, no, I love it for sure. Let's go out west to the Pac-12 where we have kind of an interesting game. Short number here, the Arizona Wildcats and the Stanford Cardinal. Two and a half point line here. And matter of fact, Bill, you're on this game I know that Stanford, uh, where are they playing? I'm curious because Stanford is in the, I'm pretty sure they're in the same, are they in the same county as the San Francisco 49ers who have to finish the season in Arizona? Uh, I'm not sure, but they are playing this according to what is I'm looking at. Is it on Stanford's campus? They're on, they're at, uh, whatever, I guess it's Kaiser Promonte Arena in Santa Cruz, it says. Santa Cruz, okay. So I don't think that's. Because Stanford's Palo Alto. Yeah, so that's not. So that. maybe they did have to find somewhere else to play, but it's. Still, it looks like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. It's just something I was curious about. Um, it's right next to the Saturn Cafe, wherever the heck that. Is. I'm yeah, I was, was going to say I'm not that familiar with the. <laughs> no band, idea. So. Um, but nonetheless, Stanford a short favorite of two and a half points total in this game of one thirty and a half. Well, excuse me, one thirty-eight. Um, and uh, Bill, I'll let you take the reins here, but I know we did kind of discuss Stanford is. Maybe an interesting in our conference preview is an interesting team in the Pac-12, and Oscar De Silva looks really good. Yeah, uh, Arizona has been the team to me that has kind of—I don't want to say overachieved, but I guess there's really not another way to to say. I really didn't expect them to be playing at the level that they uh, that they are playing at. Um, but I just see Stanford as being a team in this spot where they're going to be able to get the job done. Where with how many did we say that they're getting? Uh, two and a half. Yeah, it's a short number. I, I, I like Stanford's to play. Favorite. What's that? You said you said getting. It, it's Stanford sorry, giving sorry, two I'm and a half. Sorry, they're, they're giving the two and a half, correct. Um, and this is a spot where I just didn't think – we talked about this before where I'm looking at the number and I'm, I'm trying to see um, – trying to kind of guess, all right, what's the, what's the spread going to be here um, before I even get to actually see – what the spread is. And when I saw that come out, I expected Arizona really to be uh, the team that's going to be, you know, the slight favorite in this one. And when I saw it, they weren't. 
Um, it kind of shocked me a little bit. Because when you just look at record, period, yeah, Arizona's an undefeated team. Granted, they haven't played top-level competition yet, um, but they're still undefeated. They beat a UTEP team who's kind of been giving a lot of teams trouble uh, as of late, uh, and they handled them. Stanford, when you look at them, they're 3-2. They're and two. Uh, You don't think that they should be a favorite team in this spot. Uh, but again, their losses, a very good North Carolina team that we spoke about, an under-the-radar team in Indiana, uh, who we talked about in the preview show, who, who really handled them. They beat them by like 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Stanford, this is a spot where it just doesn't make sense to me. I just don't I don't feel like Stanford should be favored in this spot. And the fact that they are leans me to their side. Both of these teams, offensively and defensively, are very, very comparable. Um, when I look at the free throw line again, same kind of thing. There, there's a reason to take either side of it. They both shoot the ball very well from the free throw line. Um, I, I just see Stanford as a spot here again where – before I even saw what the spread was going to come out at, I had Arizona as a short favor. When I see it flip the other way, look, at I, I trust Vegas making the line over myself. So whenever I see Vegas off to the other side of it, I tend to go with them there. And that's what I'm going to be doing in this game. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's certainly not going to get any pushback from me. Um, Stanford, uh, again, I think throughout the year that Pac-12, uh, people are going to gravitate to Oregon. We're going to get to UCLA in a minute. Uh, but I think Stanford could be there uh, in the in contention for the league. Uh, by the way, Arizona State has not looked great so far this season. Oh, yeah, they've so, looked, they, I mean, my they they have looked awful <laughs> in my <laughs> opinion. Honestly, like, like uh, again, we talked about it in the preview show, and I and I was I'm never going to go against the Hurley, um, but I really believe Danny has really been out coaching uh, Bobby <laughs> right now as it's, as the season's sure. going, but. The other pieces that we talked about before was Remy Martin. After that Villanova game, I, I tweeted it out. Like, I don't want to hear it at all the rest of the year. Remy Martin is a very good player. The fact that his name is in the discussion for National Player of the Year, please stop. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear, oh, there's East Coast bias because of it. Stop. He is not at that level. He's a very, very good player. He should not be spoken in the same context as a Luca Garza uh, at all. So I hopefully, hopefully that's the end of it. I don't want to hear about it anymore, but it just ruffles my feathers when I hear sure. you know, those guys out there, the talking heads that are trying to put his name in that ring. He he is not there. Very good player. He is not going to be anywhere near a player of the year candidate, though. Yeah, no, well said. And uh, just one last thing. I'm curious. Uh, did you watch the UNC Stanford game? Because as I look at their schedule, it's probably the best opponent. I mean, they beat up on Alabama pretty good. We talked about the Indiana game. Did you catch any of them against UNC? I believe I did. That was a game I – And I'm looking for – they had to have covered that game. Yeah, they were up at half, I believe. They were. Four point right. lead at half against I don't, the Tar I don't know yeah. if they covered, though. For... They pushed. <laughs> they pushed. It okay. Was four. <laughs> yeah. So that was a game, again, we said that Stanford had to lead at the half, and I, I really thought – I was like, oh, because I'm pretty sure I, I had a play on this game um, where I had Stanford, and they ended up pushing on it. But at half, I was like, all right, this is a great spot. This is kind of what I expected. Um, but, yeah, that, you're, that's that's true, though. That is the best competition they faced. Uh, they started out strong in that first half. Now, now looking at it more, I'm like, hey, should I be playing Stanford first half here? And I'm going to dive into that after we get off this call because um, that's definitely a possibility. I might be playing Stanford in the first half as well uh, as the full game. Let's wrap things up with another Pac-12 team, but a Pac-12 team playing – in the state of Ohio as the second game in the CBS Sports Classic in Cleveland features the Ohio State Buckeyes taking on the 
UCLA Bruins. And yes, it is still a neutral game, even though it isn't too far from where the Buckeyes reside there in Columbus. Uh, and so that right there makes me uh, I'm on the UCLA side here. Uh, and just the fact that there aren't going to be fans here definitely played into my handicap with the game being played in Cleveland. Uh, so obviously it would have been a big edge for Ohio State had the game gone off with a crowd. And by the way, I got this number at one and a half. Looks like some books have already gone to two and a half, three. That's what I'm seeing at Online total of 135. But I like the Bruins side. Really, you could just play back everything we talked about with UCLA and in, in my uh, in our conference our conference previews. We were both very high on the Bruins. They have everybody back, and we were both on. I think you were on too, Bill. Yep. UCLA against San Diego State, and we didn't cast there. But so far since that game, that's looking more and more like it was good San Diego State and not yeah. bad UCLA. Because San Diego State, to its credit, in the post Malachi Flynn era there in the Mountain West. The um, Aztecs are looking good. They did just take a loss to BYU, but certainly looking like another mid-major yet again that could make some noise come March. But as far as UCLA, five and one straight up and against a spread. So they've won and covered every game since that loss to San Diego State. And Ohio State, five and one straight up and only two, three and one against a spread. And their covers are against Moorhead State and Illinois State. So beating up on some inferior competition there. I mentioned the five straight wins for uh, UCLA, and this is another thing I kind of like to look at that really stood out here. We've talked a lot, Bill, throughout the last couple of weeks on this podcast about teams challenging themselves non-conference, whether it's Gonzaga and everything that they've been doing with all these games that they've been playing out of their league, uh, or you know we just finished talking about Stanford playing Indiana and UNC. Ohio State, 268th non-conference strength of schedule rating right now via Kempom. So, you know, again, the Moorhead States of the world and the Illinois States of the world, this isn't, you know, this is UCLA. And also just kind of blindly something I like to look at. UCLA not in the top 25 currently. Ohio State is clinging to a top 25 spot. They're going to drop out anyway because they lost to Purdue. But anytime I see that unranked team favored over the ranked team, I'm always going to be looking to the unranked chalk. Uh, UCLA, as I said, for reasons I mentioned in our season preview, everybody back. Things look to be clicking for the Bruins after that loss against the Aztecs to open the season. Um, you're gonna, I'm gonna, I got him at one and a half. Pretty much just need him to win. Yeah, I like the Bruins. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Um, it's obviously a huge look ahead spot because Iowa State, Ohio State's going to be looking ahead to uh, to Rutgers now. I'm just joking, but it, it is. It's it's a, for a minute. It's, I was like, wait, did I miss something? <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's a factor, right? I mean, uh, Rutgers is playing good basketball right now. It's going to be a conference. Yeah, yeah. But, and hey, um, while we're at it, I mean, we're both East Coast natives. Uh, that football program is starting to turn it around there. Shiano, uh, yes. they're starting to compete a little more. Yeah, chopping wood again back up in East Rutherford. So it's exciting to see <laughs> yeah. uh, for the great state of New Jersey. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to be playing the same side as you here. Uh, we talked about it before in the conference preview i am not sold on this ohio state team they have a lot of holes they've had to fill granted they've played good ball um i'm curious to see if uh if ej is going to be back in this game i know he sat out yeah i don't know if he's going to be back for this one that'll definitely play a factor into my handicapping here if he's out i am 100 percent going to be uh playing the other side here um but if he's in it's gonna it's gonna make it a little bit tougher to play it uh, i'll probably go really low on my units here for it it's gonna be a good game 
Um, but again, like I said, I am not sold at all on Ohio State. I have been sold on UCLA. You mentioned the San Diego State game, uh, the first game of the season where they did struggle. But again, that's that's the San Diego State team that's going to make make some noise come uh, later on in the season. Uh, so it's not going to be a bad loss for UCLA. Uh, so they've been playing much, much better basketball because not only did they lose to San Diego State, um, they did seem to have that little bit of a hangover spot, too, in the second game of the season when they played Pepperdine. Um, they were only able to beat them by nine, uh, but then they took care of business. They, they smoked the Seattle team, who's not that great. Uh, they smoked the Cal team, again, not that great. And same thing with San Diego. But then the last game they had, um, when we talk about recent form, they played a Marquette team who, that's another team that's kind of flying under the radar right now, who's playing really good basketball um, with Wojciechowski over there. Sure. And they lost, yeah. they lost a ton. You know, we've, we've mentioned both Hauser brothers. And, and they and um, Marquette, by the way, we talked about Wisconsin earlier. Marquette beat Wisconsin. You know, yeah. So, that, and again, more good Marquette than bad Wisconsin. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm going to be playing UCLA here. I'm, I'm going to be keeping my eye on the injury report. Um, so as of right now, I'm going to be playing UCLA for one unit. Uh, if if uh, Liddell's out, I'm going to be playing them for two uh, for all the reasons you stated and, and for the reasons that I just gave. But all in all, the this slate tomorrow is exciting. There's going to be some great basketball being played. Um, we're even getting, again, some sprinkle of the NFL. If you have fantasy playoff implications, I wish you the best of luck. I have one one league left. It's my big money league where I'm in the semifinals. Uh, so I'll be sweating all weekend to try and make it to the championship in that one. You got anything going for that? No, I do not. I play one big league and I uh, lost in week 13 to make the playoffs. So a little bit of a disappointing end to my fantasy season. By the way, I do want to go back, though, and make one last point on the Ohio State UCLA game. You mentioned EJ Liddell. When he was out against Purdue, uh, they were struggling. You know, he's obviously a big guy. They were struggling to shoot the ball. Six for 24 from the three-point line. So it's no surprise that they only scored 60 points. And that's a little bit of a phony seven-point final score for Purdue, 67-60. Purdue's largest lead in the game was 14. And I, I watched most of that game. Purdue really controlled it most of the way I felt. Largest yes. lead for Ohio State was just five. So if Liddell is out again and they're struggling to shoot again, then this is going to get ugly. Yeah, agreed, 100%. So, alrighty, Bill Christie, you know him as Lucha Larry on Gambling Twitter, at Larry's Locks 2. My name is Greg Frank, at Undercover Greg. This has been Full Slate. Bill, let's have fun and enjoy all the action and all the sports we have on Saturday. Yes, sir. This has been Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Everyone, enjoy your weekends, and please play responsibly. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough, and the ones who know... We're tougher together. For the Pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.